Welcome to Big Papa Rob's podcast, Story Rewind, The Missing. I'm Big Papa Rob. Each of my stories are about one of the many missing people out there. I rewind the story of a missing person in hopes that someone will hear this story and can share information to help find this missing person. There is always someone who knows something that can help find this missing person. The story I'll tell you today is about Jenna Ruth Van Gerden. She went missing August 19th, 2017, without a trace, from Atlanta, Georgia. Stick around to hear her story. Let's rewind this story to her earliest beginnings. Jenna was born January 1st, 1991. She was the daughter of Leon Van Gerden and Rosine Gleek. Jenna also had an older brother named Will. While in elementary school, Jenna was diagnosed with nonverbal learning disability. I didn't know exactly what this meant when I saw this, so I had to look it up. Here's the definition as it relates to Jenna. Nonverbal learning disorder, NVLD, is a learning disability that causes difficulty with social skills. Children with NVLD are often well-spoken and can write well, but struggle with subtle social cues and comprehension of abstract concepts. In interviews I saw, her friends and family described her as someone socially awkward. A childhood friend described her as quirky. She would ask a lot of questions so that she could understand and the need to make things clear to herself. This also caused her to be bullied somewhat because kids didn't understand why she was always asking questions about everything. After she graduated high school in 2010, she attended Georgia Gwinnett College in Lawrenceville, Georgia, before transferring to Gwinnett Tech and earning an administrative assistant certificate. In 2015 or early 2016, she was diagnosed as being on the autism spectrum. Her parents described her as being a very regimented, person who liked having a routine and naive. She was extremely gullible and vulnerable because she wanted friends so badly and she couldn't always tell when their intentions were not in her best interest. In February 2017, Jenna was working at a pet shop and the store accused her of stealing $3,000 in total and and was ultimately fired. Near or around this time, a family friend told the family about her getting fired. When confronted with this, Jenna wouldn't tell the family where the money went. She would only tell them that the manager framed her. People that worked with Jenna 
told the parents that certain men had been coercing her into stealing money for them. Family has stated this behavior is very uncharacteristic of her. Sometime in February, Jenna was reportedly dating a guy that had very violent tendencies, but wouldn't tell the family who he was. The family had concerns about the people she was befriending because she tended to be naive and too trusting of people. After the incident at the pet store, her father began investigating her activities and confronted her with questions regarding what he noticed on the phone bill since Jenna was still on a phone plan of her parents had. Apparently, this confrontation led to Jenna moving out around April. Her parents thought this would be a good way to help her grow and learn responsibility. They helped her get a car and provided some financial help as long as she actively looked and found a job. When she moved out, she wouldn't tell her parents or her brother where she was staying at. She would tell them, oh, she was just staying with friends. At some point, she rented a room with an acquaintance but still didn't tell her parents where this was. I don't want to make this sound like they had a total breakdown in the relationship, because Jenna still spoke to her parents almost daily. The weekend of August 12, 2017, Jenna's parents had reached out to her the weekend before she went missing, but didn't connect with her until Monday, August the 14th to ask her if she would want to come and stay at the house and house-set the aging family cat. Jenna had always loved this cat, and Jenna agreed, but did not feel comfortable administering medication that the cat needed because she was afraid of hurting the cat that she loved so much. The parents arranged for a vet to come by and administer the medication, which would require her to be present to let them in. On Tuesday, August 15th, Jenna's parents left for the trip to Canada. On Thursday, August 17th, Jenna appeared to have had some friends over that night based on information that it was evident that the friends didn't clean up the bedrooms from that night, so it's safe to assume they must have stayed the night. Friday, August the 18th, Jenna's brother Will came over that morning to the parents' house to meet the vet for the cat's medication. Will and Jenna discussed that Will wouldn't be busy the weekend and that Jenna agreed that she would be at the house for the vet to come and administer the medication for the cat. This was the last time Will would see his sister. Saturday, August 19, 2017, 9.30 a.m., Jenna's brother, Will, tries to call Jenna to tell her that the vet is there at the parent's house to administer the medication. He gets no answer and drives over to the parent's house to let the vet in around 10.30 a.m. Jenna wasn't there when Will arrived. He assumes she must have ran out to do an errand and lost track of time. At this point, Will noticed that the lights was on and the TV was still on but really didn't notice anything was out of place 
it's probably safe to say he wasn't really looking for anything either. It wasn't until late Saturday into Sunday that they realized she was missing. I couldn't find out a lot of details about Saturday night, but I'm sure it's safe to assume that the vet reached back out to Will when he went back to the house for the afternoon medicine for the cat and no one was there. Her brother went back to the house Sunday morning and discovered Jenna's suitcase was gone. A framed tapestry that was a family heirloom was missing along with Jenna's car. It was also discovered that all of Jenna's toiletries and makeup was still in the bathroom, along with the shoes that she'd been wearing left in the living room and her phone charger on a table next to the couch. One other thing to note, the cat hadn't been fed. At this point, their parents helped Will make the call to the police to report Jenna missing. Early in the case, the police didn't feel the need to take fingerprints off the frame that held the missing tapestry. This tapestry went missing is described as an Egyptian table runner, which is about two foot wide and four to five feet long. Jenna's grandfather had bought it back around World War II. It wasn't known to be as valuable piece as much as it was a family heirloom. Based on information Jenna's brother reported on Web Sleuths and some information from the Oxygen Channel special, we know she was at the house Friday afternoon because the vet came back around 2 to administer the second dose of medicine for the cat. Around 4 or 5 Friday evening, Jenna's brother, Will, called Jenna to verify everything was okay and to confirm she was going to be available to be at the house to let the vet in over the weekend. After Jenna went missing, it was discovered that Jenna had a second cell phone that the family didn't know anything about. She had told her friends she got it because her dad was monitoring her calls, so I assume she got this phone shortly after her father had confronted her about the calls she was making and around the time of the pet store incident. She also had this phone under the name Ruth Jenna. Information from friends that saw her Friday night, it appears that she was driving her mother's car at least at one point of the afternoon and evening. Some speculation for this was either she was running low on gas in her car, or I had also seen information that eluded that Jenna had a lapse in insurance on the car. Friday night, Jenna was in contact with a guy friend off and on between 8 p.m. and 10 p.m. During their conversation, she appeared to have wanted to come to his place, but he advised her not to come because of his neighborhood and College Park area, and that he would meet her close to her apartment, but according to him, she never showed up. Based on Google Map timeline on her phone, she was in the area of English Avenue and Northside Drive around 10 to 10.30 p.m., going to a Wendy's because later a straw paper was found in the car. According to a statement of a male person of interest in this case, possibly the ex-boyfriend, he stated that she came to his apartment around 10 p.m., 
which doesn't align with what the Google Maps timeline states. This person doesn't live near English Avenue area. According to this person, she was there till 11 p.m. He also stated she wanted a relationship with him again, but he stated that he didn't want one with her knowing about the issues with the theft. Later on in an investigation, this same person made accusations that Jenna had been working as a prostitute. There was never any evidence of this. I suspect these were accusations of a scorned lover. Based on her phone and the statement from the possible person of interest, we assume that she arrived back to her parents' home sometime between 11.30 p.m. and 1.30 a.m. Saturday morning. She was texting a longtime friend from 1.30 a.m. till 2 a.m. Her final text was that she was laying down. After the friend found out that Jenna was missing, she noted that Jenna didn't normally end her texts that way. In most cases, she would just end the conversation without saying she was going to bed or would add more detailed text message. There's been some speculation if that text had been sent by someone else. A voicemail was later found on her second phone at 11.50 p.m. that appeared to be a butt dial based on the voicemail from another guy. They trace this number to an Instagram account that is related to possible pimping out girls and a club on Campbellton Road. I also read that some information that this may have been the same guy from the College Park area, but I wasn't able to confirm that. It was also discovered that someone was pressuring her through chat to return to her apartment Saturday night, but they didn't know who this person was because it was encrypted. Jenna's car was found on September 5th, almost two weeks after she went missing. The car was found on D4 Place near D4 Avenue in Atlanta. When the car was found, it was noted that the driver's seat was pushed back and down, indicating a taller person had been driving. Jenna is small in stature, only being 4 foot 11. In her car, Jenna's suitcase was also found. There was one strange thing found in her car, a phone charger to the next generation iPhone, which would not have worked with Jenna's phone. Unfortunately, there was no forensic evidence left behind. Jenna's second phone last pinged in the Fairburn, Georgia area in the morning, early morning hours of Saturday, August 19th, near a heavily wooded area. According to the cab detective, this area would be several hundred acres. At the same time that her phone pinged in Fairburn, her car was captured on an Atlanta traffic camera. Of course, this indicates she couldn't be at both places at the same time. The phone and the car was about 30 miles apart. Her, neither one of her phones have ever been found. There has been mistakes made in this case from the beginning. Detectives seem to really chase down the leads of prostitution from the ex-boyfriend's information. 
That led to a detective contacting the family early on in the case, telling them that she had been found from a website called Backpage and that they were arresting her. That turned out to be false hope that she was located. The person only resembled their daughter. Fingerprints were not taken till weeks after she went missing from the house and from her mother's car. From what I could tell, the police really didn't take the case seriously until her car was found. Unfortunately, this is where the case still stands today. The last news story I found was November 8, 2022, when Fox 5 Atlanta did a follow-up story, basically with the same information. Prior to that, the family posted a news article on the Help Find Jenna Van Gerden Facebook page to a link where the Atlanta Jewish Times did a story back in September 2, 2021. It stated that the family held the first memorial service for Jenna since she'd gone missing four years before. The article went on to say that the family feels at this time that their daughter was murdered and they had already petitioned to declare Jenna dead. This was a beautiful article that went on to explain who Jenna was named after. Let's discuss what Jenna looks like. Jenna Ruth Van Gilden is white with brown hair, brown eyes. She weighed 140 pounds and is 4 foot 11 inches tall. She was 25 at the time she went missing, and she would be 31 years old now. She has a Star of David tattoo on her upper thigh, and both her ears are pierced. She was possibly wearing a green t-shirt with the word San Antonio on the front and may have also been wearing a black spaghetti strap shirt underneath it. She may have also been wearing black yoga pants. If you have any information regarding Jenna's disappearance, please contact the GBI at 1-800-597-8477. Remember, any information helps, even if you think it's insignificant. It's been six years. Maybe you or somebody you know was too afraid to come forward back then. Please come forward now so this family can have answers. Someone out there knows something. Please report what you know. If you follow my social media, I will have pictures of Jenna posted. One of these pictures is her wearing the green t-shirt that she's believed to have been last seen in. I tell my stories in hopes that you will gain a deeper understanding of historical origins of many things and the lives of people that you may not know their stories. Once again, I'm Big Papa Rob, and this was an independent podcast called Story Rewind, The Missing. Is written, produced, and edited by Big Papa Rob. I couldn't do this without the support of my wonderful wife, a.k.a. Big Mama. For a donation to help me cover my operating costs, you can buy me a cup of coffee. You can find the link in my show notes or on my social media pages. Your support would be greatly appreciated. 
I would appreciate a five-star rating if you listen to my podcast through Apple Podcasts. And finally, if you have a story idea, please contact me through my social media. A link to my social media accounts is listed in the show notes. I would love to hear from you. Today's music was The Shield by Hot Dope from Pixabay. This was a Big Papa Rob podcast 2023. See the show notes for links to the reference material used in this podcast.